Hey, he's Jake, and I'm Matt. And welcome to Pat's Chat, the UK's best New England Patriots podcast. How's it going? And welcome to another episode of Pat Chat. It's myself, Matt. I don't have Jake with me this time, but I have drafted in a replacement. Um, so thank you very much, Mr. Replacement. It's Carl Brooks. How's it going, Carl? Hello, Matt. Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks. For anyone who's interested, I'll plug you now and then you can plug yourself at the end as well. But um, at BritishPat28, you'll catch um, Carl on Twitter and from there you'll feed off on his, uh, all his socials, his YouTube and such like and go and check him out because he's always worth a listen and worth a watch. And so before we get into it, what was your overall feeling at the end of the, the hour's play? My overall feeling at the end of the game was not so much as um, disappointed. There were some encouraging moments in the game, um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. To stop Kansas City from actually scoring until around about late in the third quarter properly was actually pretty good, to be honest. The defense done amazingly well. Um <sighs> What to take from the game, though, however, is the fact that we didn't have Cam Newton because he went down with coronavirus. And that, and after that, everyone kind of thought this might be, this this could well and truly be our second loss of the season. I mean, I penciled in this loss in the offseason anyway, saying if we go two and two after week, after week four, I'd say that sounds about right. Uh, mm. There are a lot of talking points on here to dissect. Mm. Um Brian Hoyer and Brian Hoyer. He, the one thing to say about Brian Hoyer, he was very passive. He was very conservative when it comes to his throwing. I mean, he threw 15 to 24, 130 yards, and he had the inter- and he had the interception when he um, overthrew Ryan Izzo, I think it was. Um, it was just, I don't know. It was just key decisions in that game as well, where he got sacked twice, especially towards the end of the first half. Third and third down and six, third down and six at their own um, at their own ten yard line. If there's no one open, you've either got to release the ball or get or, or get out of your hands quickly. And mm-hmm. he just delayed it for so so long. And in the end, Frank Clark got the sack, and the game was was over at half time. And I was like, you can't do that. He's a veteran quarterback, but then again, his his starting um, record as a starting quarterback is not very good at all. Mm, yeah, it, it was. It it was just. Yeah, my overall feeling on it was it was just. And I'm the same as you, Carl. It was it was going in. You know, at the start of the season, you would have taken a loss on it. You'd be two and two after the four games. Fine, we'll crack on. But then you actually watch the game. You actually get into it, and Cam Newton. I I. And a lot of people are saying this. I'm not the only one. I'm not coming up with something revolutionary and changing the wheel or something like that. Um, you know, if we had Cam Newton, we win that one. He 
is obviously a far greater quarterback than um, Brian Hoyer is. And dare I say, which is probably not an uncommon theme going through Patriots Twitter today, is that Jarrett Stidham probably should have started that one because he he came in late in the game and changed it completely and we actually had a chance. But overall, yeah, you would take the loss. But when you get into it, it just... It's an irking feeling, isn't it? That we had chances yeah. to win, we should have won, but ultimately we walked away with a loss. So, yeah, it's disappointing to say the least, but yeah. <laughs> well, the, well, the thing is, when Hoyer eventually got benched to put Jared Stidham in, because Twitter was just blowing up on my side of things, it was like, get Stidham in now, and because. Yeah. Everyone was just absolutely ripping Brian Hoyer to shreds. And yeah, I'm not, tweeted that. And even I said that. And um, he came on. And I think fair play to Jared Stidham. He took the ball by the horns and actually tried to do something about it. And he got the got the touchdown to um, the kill Harry as well on a, on, a, on, on a corner route. But unfortunately, when you try, you need to do as a rookie. I can't say he's a rookie. He's a second year quarterback. But, you know, you could say this is his proper first game. Yeah. If, if anyone say, oh, he started, he played a few snaps against the Jets, I go, yeah, I don't really look at that as. I think it was six as, throws he had before I last night. Four, <laughs> I think it was four throws before he got. I think it was yeah. three throws before he got picked. Um, but in this game, five for 13, 60 yards. He did get the touchdown, the two interceptions. One of them, one of the interceptions, though, was not his fault. He actually threw a decent ball to Edelman, and Edelman yeah. slipped for his fingers, much to my, much to my disappointment, because. You know how much of a fan I am of Julian Edelman. I've got him on the back of my jersey. So, you know, I just love the guy. But I was just disappointed with that. Um, quarterback play was just, I'd probably give it a C, maybe even a C minus. It was. It just wasn't that good, to be honest. I mean, if we did have Cam Newton, yes, we could have had a little bit more, a little bit more luck and a little bit more progression. But then I think Kansas City, they would have planned a lot different for Cam Newton. They would have tried to keep him in in the pocket, but then again, you're not going up against Lamar Jackson. Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson can't throw the ball, but Cam Newton can actually sling the ball. So you, you know it's a double-edged sword. Um, it's just disappointing. It's just, it's just disappointing that Hoyer or Stidham just couldn't quite get there. But for our three quarters of the game, we were well and truly in this. Yeah, <laughs> and. Unfortunately, it just unraveled at the end. I think it was something like we had four or five really stupid penalties, two defensive, two DPIs we had as well. Um, Carl Duggar was on one of them to, for, for holding on um, Travis Kelsey, I think it was. Um, it was. I don't. I just don't. I just don't know. The offense just couldn't do any more than what it could with with necessary to the quarterback play. Now, we tried to do the running attack. We are the number one rushing attack in the NFL, according to next-gen stats. And Damien Harris finally got activated off the 50, to the 53-man roster. I posted a tweet two years ago on my Twitter feed. If anyone goes back to it, they can do. It was at the draft. We drafted a third. We drafted the third-round running back, Damien Harris, out of Alabama. And everyone just turned around and said, why the hell are we drafting another running back? We got we got plenty of them as it already is. Because I watch a lot of college football, I did watch a lot of Alabama. 
And Damian Harris was just a complete game changer. He can be a bulldozer, but if you let him loose, he will he will take you on. And we saw that in the we saw that in the third goal where we just scurried off to the right hand side for about 40, 50 yards. And I thought yeah. that's why we got him. He rushed for hundred yards on seventeen carries. That's an average of five point nine yards a carry. So in his first actual football debut debut um, match. He's actually done more than what Sony Michelle did on his debut, which is not good news for Sony Michelle. No, it's um, looking highly likely that we possibly might have seen the last of him. I'm not entirely convinced by that statement, but uh, you know, the, we have enough firepower in the running back room without him to actually mount offenses, as we saw last night. I mean, as you say, he just bulldozed through some of the the gaps that were there for him where it's been a bit of a bugbear with Patriots fans that Sony Michelle hasn't been able to do that. He's just been running into the brick walls, either his own linemen or the offences, um, you know, the opposition's linemen and not actually breaking the tackles that much. We saw it a bit more against the Raiders last week, obviously, and then he's unfortunately ended up in IR. But he's... Yeah, I think a lot of people were looking forward to Harris. I know um, Jake, especially, uh, is on the Damien Harris hype train, and we talked about it in our, our preview one, so we were looking forward to him. And so I was pleased to, for for a fellow uh, Pat's Chat um, co-host, Jake, that you know he did actually pretty much have a breakout game. It was just unfortunate that his yardage didn't lead to more, unfortunately, because the aforementioned quarterback play and I do agree with you. Like I think they they done enough with the quarterback play that was there. Maybe Edelman could have been used a, a bit more because he was it was quite a bit in the game, wasn't it? Before even yeah, he think, had a catch. I think it was something like in the third quarter he had his first yeah. catch, <laughs> which is got, ludicrous got, when got, it's he Edelman. He got shut out really, really well by the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Um, mm-hmm. But then the two guys that really only put up the big numbers and receiving call was Demir Bird. Um, five receptions, 80 yards, 10 targets, didn't get any touchdowns. Harry, he didn't have much either. He had only had three receptions, but one of them was the touchdown, mm-hmm. which kind of put us well and truly back in the game. Um, but no, it was just it was lackluster performance on the offense. Yeah, I, I was disappointed I was, by Harry, apart actually. From, apart, from, apart from the running game, and Damian Harris, I don't think there was a lot to write home about with regarding to the offense. I just don't think it just it it just wasn't there. No, and we I think that so badly we did last night. The the ten points on the board kind of reflects that a little bit. Although, as we've also already said as well, you know, in the positions that we were in, especially at the end of that first half, with you know, it was like watching the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl all, all over again when they were in that position and all of a sudden Matt Ryan's being sacked on the, what was it, the 40-yard line or something in a field goal position. Um, it was a similar thing, but for us it was, you know, end of half and not out of field goal position. So it was disappointing with that and it was a bit of a lacklustre performance from the offence. But on the opposite side, even though they gave up 26 points, they, they did hold Kansas City to... 
what is it, nine point, um, 13 points for quite a while, and it was only a th- 13 points in the fourth quarter, once time yeah. on the jet sweep on us. And a 3 um, 6 game for quite a while as well. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of positives. And, the, thing um, is, the thing is, though, is if you actually look at it, if you look at because New England had four turnovers, which is very, very unlike New England at all. That's nothing mm-hmm. that we used to do. If you look at the turnovers that we cost, we had about four toner, four um, oval turnovers. We gave up on those turnovers on average of 25.2 points just on the turnovers alone. I mean, if you take away the more significant ones, it would have been 14 points. So therefore, Kansas City would only be up by would only be up by two at the time we had got the touchdown. Yeah. So it's those it's those little mistakes that will cost you a game and we and we got penalized far too many times for silly things. I think Isaiah Wynn got um flagged for two false starts, I think. Not to mention the two defensive pass interference calls. Mm. But talking of calls, can we get on yeah. to the, that to the fucking heinous ref ball that play the part in the game? Um I've never seen anything like it. From what I saw, I've watched this replay now what feels like 50-odd times, and I'm coming back with the same conclusion. Sorry. <laughs> right I'm coming back with the same conclusion. Patrick Mahomes did not hit the ground when the ball was when the ball popped out. That is not what I would call... A, that was not what I call an incomplete pass. If that was an incomplete pass, who the... Excuse my language. Who the fucking hell was he throwing to at the time? Apart from the feet of his offensive linemen. Yeah, it was. I mean, because he was on top of the the player as well, so he didn't even yeah. hit the ground. I didn't so, hit the ground. The ball was it, about three feet. It was about three feet off the ground when Shalit Calhoun scooped the ball up before it hit the ground. So therefore, that is a fumble and an interception. But according yeah. to um, I don't know. I've forgotten who the ref the referee's name is now. If you've got it there, is it? Uh, um, no, I've not got it to hand actually. What I um, have got is the actual um, Tony Carrente. I've got yeah. the statement here. He was he was asked why was in the grasp called on a third and four play with six twenty two remaining in the second quarter. It looked like the quarterback was on his way to the ground as the ball was coming out. He replies saying, "I felt that he was being controlled quite a bit prior to him actually going to the ground." Blah, blah, blah. Basically saying the player, player safety was in question. That's why they, they blew it dead. And he was asked again, so could they have challenged it Because since they made a clear recovery? And he says no, because the play was shut down and stopped prior to the fumble occurring or prior to him losing control of the football. There, therefore, there was no reviewable aspect of that play. So why not carry on until a point that you feel that... I know he's saying he feels that Mahomes was in in danger of his safety or whatever, but it doesn't look like that at any point. Um, just, especially the injuries we've seen over the last few weeks, even to, you know, like the Michael Thomas injury and that, where the, the legs buckled underneath them. They've got, there's been MCL tears, ACL tears, high ankle sprains. None of that was coming on Mahomes at that play because he was landing on a soft cushion of a player um, who was on the ground underneath him. And he coughed it up. Calhoun grabs it. Should have been marching down the field a fair bit, but was blown dead. Like it was absolutely embarrassing and shocking. And uh, if there's a system that they can get, like you know, 
taken off the games for next weekend or something. I, I don't know off off the top of my head. You know, in the same as in like soccer, if you're in the Premier League, you might get downgraded for a week or something because you've made a, a, a heinous call like that. There should be something similar because that was just diabolical. Well, the thing is, according to um, Gene Sterritor, who is on the CBS um, commentary network, he actually turned around and said that was reviewable. Yeah. Apparently, that's what he turned around and said. Here's what I don't get, though. If when you get the, the, those sorts of those sorts of calls, wouldn't it be best to let the play go and until they get either get stopped or get pushed out of bounds, and then say, no, we are going to go for a booth of you. If the yeah. if the coaches can't review the challenge, then the then the referee should actually say, no, we should, no, we need to go to the booth to actually review this and see if this was a formal interception or he was down by contact. Yeah. It was, they need and something, but played a part in. They just, blew, they just, they just blew it dead, and Kansas City quickly kicked the punt, so we couldn't do nothing about yeah. it. And unfortunately for us, Bill got a bit flustered, and I was listening to um, Mark Schofield on the School Show podcast um, this mm-hmm. morning, and and he said that he should have thrown the red flag, and it would have instantly stopped that um, punt happening because they would have gone, oh, oh, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a second, the coach is throwing a flag. Why are you throwing a flag? He's like, well. You know, I'm challenging something, uh, but it's not a challenge. Well, explain to me why. And anything like that would have stopped that punt happening because they would have had to stop the clock, stop the play until, and then that, at least at that point, they could have regrouped and um, done something, you know, defended a bit better, whatever it might have been. But it just got, you could, you seen him on the sidelines. He was absolutely irate at the referees and he just kind of seemed to lose himself in the moment rather than, thinking a bit more coherently that, oh, I'll throw a red flag and, you know, see what happens. Because, as we know, before you knew it, the punt had been made and it was, you know, it, it was gone by then. The, the moment was gone, unfortunately. It's one of those, it's one of those things, unfortunately. Mo- most games have these sorts of, sorts of bogus calls that never get, that never get called for. And unfortunately, it had to, it had to happen on us on this one. But we are still the architects of our own downfall. We still didn't do enough yeah. to get a win on that game. Um, going back to going back to the defensive side of the ball, though, compared to where we was two weeks ago when we when we got when we got dropped thirty five by Russell Wilson against the against the Seattle Seahawks, what I saw against the Chiefs this time round was a heck of a lot better. We were stuffing the run a lot better. The pass coverage was hell of a lot better. It yeah. Looks like Stefan Gilmore was back to himself. He didn't have a couple of pass breakups. It's just a shame Devin McCourty didn't get that interception as well. And there was another one as well from JC Jackson. And a lot of people will say JC should have had that. Well, the ball had actually gone over JC Jackson's um, right arm and went into Tyreek Hill's hands. Tyreek Hill dropped the ball and it nearly landed in JC Jackson's as at the next part of it. So it yeah. was, it's a bit too, it's a bit of a catch 22 there on that interception, but the Devon McCourty one in the first half should have been an interception there. And it may have had some, it may have had something um, good about it, but maybe not because it was so far down the field and Brian Hoyer was not throwing more than was was doing a Drew Brees, not throwing for more than five yards down the field <laughs> yeah. and, throwing, and throwing screens and bloody um, shovel passes. So, but even with his throw, like I wanted to him in a lot 
earlier than what he actually came in in the game because even his throwing, I just wasn't confident in him at all. And, you know, most of his, as you say, it was all short passes between the sticks and not actually moving the sticks that often until second or third down. And if he was going for longer ones, they were way, way higher. And I know Tony Romo said in the commentary that I can't remember which Kansas City defender it was with that um, pick um, when it was going towards Izzo because he put his hands up and it made him, it forced him to throw that bit higher. But Mm. I actually thought, that was just his throw because there was a couple to Bird and Edelman. I think there was one that they were all, you know, they were all reaching above their heads for it. There was there was nothing into the numbers in their chest at all that much, apart from one. I think it was was it Olszewski had to dive for it. He was, he yeah, was diving. He was he was diving for a seven yard pass. Olszewski like, dive for it because Edelman fumbled because it misplaced the pass once again, except out of his hands. Luckily, Gunner was there to actually yeah, get there's that, retrieve it and then go on a run from it, which is actually yeah. really good, smart play from him. And I'm glad to say it's good to see Gunnar Olszewski actually now play. Now we've got another receiver to actually yeah rather than just a punt, extra turn because all i heard in train all i heard in training camp was gunnar Oshesky was actually one of the most improved receivers that we had yeah so that, that was a good sign but as i said i think without cam newton this team i mean even with jet when jowson did come on as soon as he had the first snap and it was i, I don't think it was a clean pass i think it was in, incomplete the minute i saw that snap and looked at him i thought he's panicking already Okay. He, just, he just looked for me. Stidham just looked very, very panicky under center. He wasn't quite getting his releases out right. He wasn't going for his reads correctly. He was also trying to like trying to find one guy and then release the ball. He wasn't trying to go for it all the time. Um, he I'm going looked- to look back at that actually, just to double hit, just to see what you're saying there, because I, I personally didn't notice that at the time, but it was what two two thirty in the morning or something by that point. So <laughs> I'll well, need to look. Yeah, I mean, he threw five for 13. So I think it just showed you how either A, how how um, how nervous he was, or B, his receivers were not getting open because, you know, he's not... He had a couple of rollout throws, but apart from that, there was not a lot else to write home about for Stidham. Mm. So uh, uh, do you think he comes back? I know I'm jumping ahead and um, regular listeners will know that we've got the preview pod later in the week but since I've got you on Carl do you think he starts next week um, against the Broncos because it's the Broncos or because I think this Covid protocol that the NFL seem to have it seems to be a quick turnaround that they're saying that you know Cam could be back on the practice field by Thursday Friday just like less than a week after Testing positive just seems a bit madness for my liking, to be honest. But so yeah, to pose yeah. the question, do you see Cam coming back in if he's if he come if he clears the protocols, or do you think they'll keep him because it's the Broncos to see what they've actually got in him in a proper game? If he clears protocols, I think Newton will still start. However, Denver right now, their only victory has been against the New York Jets, and no offense, but to the to Jets fans, but you are absolutely dog shite. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't, a, although it was a very entertaining game, don't get me wrong, um, but Denver, have they've just got too many, no, they haven't, 
I know they got Brett Ripium, but how long before he ends up getting swallowed up? Mm. So for me, if if New even I think even if Newton does pass protocol, I still would say I would still put I would I would start Stidham. I wouldn't start Hoyer because you're you're not aggressive enough down the field and you're not making the plays that we we are asking you to. You're just you're just throwing you're just throwing screens to everyone and it's not helping. No. Um so I would start Stedham, but if Newton was available to, then yeah, I would put Newton back in. I mean, if we go to the bye, we can go three and two. I'd probably say that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. A, unfortunately, there's a team in New York known as Buffalo, known as the Buffalo Bills, that are absolutely wreaking havoc right now, <laughs> which is not good for us. But I'm just keeping the level head here because they've had a paper thin schedule, and already they're 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 bigging up jo- Josh Allen. He's done well, and I mean, he has done well because I've got him in my fantasy team. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's a slightly, slightly awkward one. Um, but no, I think if Newton is available, yeah, start him, start him against Denver. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you um, on that one. Yeah. Even if only to see, I mean, it's a team of Denver's quality or lack of quality at the moment. Uh, yeah, apart from maybe... Um, Josie Joe and um, Bradley Chubb, who, but that again, that gives a bit of a test to Stidham to see what he's actually made of. And because we we uh, we were all of the same thought process, well, a lot of people were that you know Stidham's the guy and he's the one that's coming in. It's not going to be Hoyer that's the the number one QB until obviously the the Cam Newton deal occurred, and then it was clearly his job to lose during training camp and. From day one, he was, you know, looking like a an MVP. Well, in training camp, at least, anyway. So, but no, I would agree with you. Um, stood him for me next week, but um, that is for another podcast, another day. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest about last night before we we go? Not, not so much. I mean, there is one thing I've noticed as well. If anybody has actually watched Patrick Mahomes quite carefully, when he's gone up against every other every other team, he's been putting up a passer rating of around about ninety to ninety five, which is actually pretty, you know, pretty pretty good. That's from Pro Football Focus. Here's the thing, though he he didn't have his best game. He didn't have his best game last um, night. He only had a QBR of sixty, which is just mm. about which is just over average. Now the last time he over sixty QBR. Was in the first game he played. New, was in the um, first game he played against New played against New England in his first game. The next one was against the AFC Championship game against New England, and the <laughs> third one was obviously this one. So I think there's a trend going on that Bill Belichick knows what he's doing and how to stop Mahomes. Yeah, he is the yeah. architect of everyone's downfall. Unfortunately, not on this occasion. But um, there is ways of stopping this Chiefs defense. And if you've got the offense to back it up, then I think teams do have a chance of beating them. Um, but apart from that, there wasn't a lot. We know how good the offense of Kansas City is. It's just ridiculous. And when you add a running back of Clyde Edwards Alaire to the mix, it just makes it even worse to try mm. and stop this team. Um, we, as all Patriots fans, are now hoping and praying. But we do that. There is not that the Chiefs do not end up with a dynasty, which is going to cause us a lot of grief. Yeah, 
overcoming <laughs> probably over the next one, maybe two decades. Um, but no, Kansas City, well done for their win. They had some lovely, they had some lucky calls that go their way. But apart from that, we were just the architects of our own downfall on this one. Mm, no, I think so. I think uh, I saw a tweet um, that it wasn't the the Kansas City Chiefs that beat the Patriots. It was the the Patriots beat the Patriots on this occasion. Yeah, I um, which is completely true. Um, I think everyone agrees with that one. That you know, had circumstances been different, had there been no coronavirus positive, um, Cam would have been the the quarterback and it's not to say that as you were mentioning earlier Carl that you know they might have come up with a different game plan they might have possibly I don't know how you do it in in NFL really but you know it's been said before that in soccer terms some of the English Premier League teams will dial it in against the lower league teams in the cup games or whatever that you know they could have been in third gear and they'd another two gears to go if if Cam was in but I I can't see it I don't see how you can do that in the NFL or you're going to end up with serious injury Um, I I contradict slightly what you you say I mean it's it's your opinion that's what we're all here for but for me um, I just don't rate this Chiefs offence as much as everyone else seems to. If I was to, you know, pick the players of would you want Demarcus Robinson in your team? Probably not. Would I want Sammy Watkins? Possibly, but he doesn't do enough for me. McCall Hardman, he's still proving yes. himself. Yes, no, sorry, I'll stop you there. <laughs> McCall Hardman is just is just freaking Tyreek Hill two point He's got he his pace is on round about the same as Tyreek Hill. You got those two coming at you, you, you you're screwed. You're totally screwed. <laughs> so no, if McCall Harlan was to say go to free agency for this coming season, I would snap him up all day long. I, I love his pace. I, I'm not, I don't disagree with you. I do love it. He's obviously a speed star. There's just but what's that? His second year this year. I just still think he's developing and he's learning and he's not quite there as maybe some as much as some others. Um, think he is, but uh, it's he's an interesting watch because he's, as I say, he's developing. So you know, net by Christmas, I, you're going to see a completely different Hardman. By next year, you're going to see a completely different Hardman, and I only see a trajectory for him. I don't see him um, regressing anytime soon, which is yeah, bad, bad for us and good for them, I guess. But Hill is the only one that stands out to me as a complete elite superstar and I'm not p- putting them up against our offence at all because we only have one really um, and the rest of them are generally also runs. I mean if you've got Demir Bird as your wide receiver three then it's it was almost like last year when we are pitching Bruce Ellington and, and Dontrell Inman into the, the team during training camp it's, it's not great is it but no, I'm just. They they were there for the taking last night, and as much as we were all getting excited, it was hard to also get excited at the same time because it was Hoyer that was under centre, and it just wasn't clicking. And Stidham should have been in that game far sooner than he actually was because he might have not been the best and the most fluent, but. To me, Hoyer was meant to be in there to stop mistakes happening because Stidham, as you say, he was, you know, he might have been a bit shaky, a bit nervous and what and whatnot. And 
being a veteran, I mean, you can look down down south in Miami at what a veteran can actually do. And Hoyer did none of that um, last night and was quite rightly taken out in the game. So, yeah, a bit meh, a bit disappointing, a bit, bit of this, a bit of that. But overall, I mean, we went in expecting 2-2 two and two before Denver next week and we've got 2-2. Two and two, So I guess we have to take it on the chin and, and move on to next week, don't we? Yeah, of course we do. Net one game at a time, as as Balacek has said. On we're on to Denver. So yeah, um, and just so actually one mention as well. I'm a, I think we have we'd both be right to to mention one James White to see what he's gone through in the last couple of weeks and yeah, his mom his mum on the men to to see him on that field was was brilliant as Patriots and probably as NFL fans in general and um, I'm sure you would have seen his post-match press conference when he got a bit emotional yeah, talk I, about his dad I, and I did as someone who unfortunately has lost who's lost a, a, a major family member I can understand what it is that he is going through right now but yeah a fair play he's he, he's he's taken on the chin he's and and he's getting and he's getting on with it he's helping his he's helping his mum along the way as well yeah. Um. But he's still getting onto. The, he got back onto the field last time, which was great to see. And he looked. And he and he he made some he made some key plays as well. But overall, the mentality side of things, it was good to see him back in the right frame of mind as well. Yeah, great to see Sweet Feet back in the field for sure. So, Carl. Well, that's. I think that's a wrap for us for the the review of the the Kansas City Chiefs game on to Denver next week. But. Before I let you go, um, the floor is yours, my friend. Go and plug your stuff. Okay, so my YouTube channel is called Two Feet in Bounds. I am going to be renaming it, though, to TFIB for short because I'm getting a new logo put onto the channel. Um, there are two parts to it. One is just basically all NFL-related um, content. And the other one, which I started doing for um, the fantasy league that I play for, known as the Injust- known as the Justiceless Fantasy League, which is basically just a load of guys just talking absolute shit. That's basically <laughs> that's basically <laughs> it. Um, and there's a lot of banter that goes that goes along with us, and we we always have um, good matchups early on in the week. As a matter of fact, going back to the Patriots game. Prior to that game, um, I had Devontae Adams in my um, lineup at wide receiver. And I had, now I had two players left to play on the night. One was wide receiver Devontae Adams. The other one was Harrison Butker, the kicker for the Chiefs. We knew Butker was playing, obviously. But I dropped my homes to put Allen in, and that obviously worked. But um, Devontae Adams in the afternoon found out that he was then doubtful. So in the end, I had a bit of a difficult choice to make. Is it do I just leave him in there and get zero points and hope my t- my opponent doesn't do well with Aaron Rodgers, which he did. He got 30 points. And I was like, Ugh. so in the end, I made a tactical move in actually taking out because Pittsburgh um, had their bye weeks. Obviously, Tennessee had just gone down with COVID and like nine of their players had. Um, I had to put... Steelers on the bench, Steelers defense on the bench. So therefore, I had to go onto the waiver wire and pick up a receiver to actually accommodate Devonte Adams. So I took Adams out, and I ended up dropping my Steelers defense, which might come back to bite me on the ass this week if I don't get them back tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I um and I put in Demir Bird. 
Who yeah. got me? Who got me eight points? And Nikhil Harry got eight point one. So of all the receivers, Demir Bird actually done me justice there, and I won my <laughs> matchup last night by four points. So yeah, well actually, I was in, I was very fortunate to do that. So I'm up to second place in my league. But no, it is a really it, it's a it's a good little content piece we put in. Um, so yeah, so go on to um, YouTube. It's two feet and bounds. Um, you'll see the like you'll see the logo with all four um i think it's ba- baseball hockey soccer and obviously american football so yeah click on that and then just watch the content as it goes as it's going along and also follow me on twitter at british pat 28 as well um i talk a lot of stuff on there as well and put up a lot of a lot of statistics and that which unfortunately i get absolutely slated by chiefs fans over so <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, well, de- definitely check out Carla on his YouTube and his Twitter. Um, he's always a good follow, and uh, he's not one to mince words if you've not followed Carl before. So he's, not quite anyway. <laughs> yeah, so go, go give him a follow, and he'll give you a bit of chat and a bit of banter. And I just want to thank you um, for your time this evening as we record this um, this Kansas City review. That's choking us both to say that they won the game, I think. Um, We'll put it this way, at least we're not Atlanta Falcon fans. (sighs) Yeah, well, there there is a silver lining (laughs) in all this as well. So guys, that's it for another episode of Pat Chat. I have been your host at Matt Inkster. Um, At Jake Paul Design, Jake will be back um, hopefully later in the week if work allows. Um, He is very busy as usual. Um, So it's at Matt Inkster for myself, at Jake Paul Design for Jake, and at Pat's Chat UK for the Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow in there. Come um, chat with us, banter, whatever you want to do. Just no dick pics or anything, please. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. And with Instagram, if you do listen and you do have an Instagram, please share us on your stories and tag us and, and that sort of thing. And all the exposure, the more the merrier. Um, but yeah, that's it, guys. So until the next episode, we'll speak to you soon. See ya.